I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Syrupcast. You're listening to episode 147. We're recording this week's episode on Thursday, November 16th. The Syrupcast is a podcast devoted to fostering intelligent and sometimes funny discussion related to the Canadian tech and telecom ecosystems. We also sometimes talk about stubble. I'm your host, Igor Bonifacic. This week I'm joined by, as always, Old Reliable. Patrick, how are you? I am excellent. I made it here. I'm tired, but but I made it back. I made it back in time to pod with you. You know, Pat, for a couple minutes, I thought, before we were about to start, I thought, Old Reliable. It's not going to be so reliable. I just I, I just ran all the way here from EcoBee's office, just running. I just mm-hmm. had to make it here. Just mm-hmm. just ran full speed. And we thank you. Um, also joining me this week is Mobile Syrup Senior Writer, Rose Bahar. Rose, how are you? Hello, I'm doing very well. I can't participate in the No Shave November activities, um, but... Well, I, I actually can, and actually I am, so there you <laughs> never <go>. mind. <laughs> um, I'll take it back. But so is uh, so is my friend here. Her friend, of course, is Samir Chabra. Samir, how are you? Uh, I'm quite well, Igor, um, mm-hmm. and I'd like it very much if you referred to me as Stubbly Bubbly. All right, all right. <laughs> Please don't, uh, please don't actually please don't actually refer to me as stubbly bubbly just yeah it's a horrible turn of phrase <laughs> yes that Not is great. a horrible turn of phrase so bad. you know what was also horrible the one plus 5t presentation <laughs> so true somebody tell me all about this phone because i wasn't here and i know nothing Forget about, about the it. phone let's talk about the, the presentation, presentation. <laughs> I was mean, it really brutal it was it was, it was really was boring brutal. and it was really long yeah. and yeah. i'm take it away guys go ahead I'd, I'd say the first 45 minutes was just them talking about their history the history of the smartphone and different oxygen os updates that they were making that were pretty <laughs> yeah. like small and iterative it's um, like we have this great new app for all you iPhone users, it lets you migrate to the OnePlus 5T. Did they did they take any other shots at Apple? Oh, tons. I, I know they love so uh, they took they took tons, but they also like what if we could create a company that had Android but the focus of Apple? <laughs> that is not how how Carl how uh, Carl sounds. But like, in my head, that's how he sounds. Sounds like Johnny Ive with, without an accent and a cold. Yes, yes, And also yes. like a movie trailers guy, like, in a world. But also, like, the transition, you know, whereas I had the smoothest segue of life yeah. a couple, just a minute prior, the segue to the actual 5T presentation was, like, the worst thing I've ever heard. The guy's like, well, we're going to release Android Oreo to the 5T next month. And then or he's the beta, like, the beta, the beta, uh, yeah. and then shouldn't he's it be like, launching with? Oh, it should be, but that's a separate okay. issue, which we'll get to in a moment. And then he's like, "Oops, did I just talk about the five T?" On that note, let me invite OnePlus co-founder Carl Pai to oh the front of the stage. And then Carl is just like, 
Let me tell you the history of OnePlus. <laughs> the like, <laughs> four-year history. Yeah, the four-year yeah. history of OnePlus. He even went over the promotion that they had where people had to smash their phones. I at, remember that. Yeah. yeah, and he went over that for a long time. People were saying that was a really bad promotion. You shouldn't have talked about that again. Yeah, my favorite thing they ever did, though, um, was when they made the iPhone case. That was that was that was that great. was pretty that was pretty badass. Yeah, like that was cool. Yes, he also said a bad word, the, the naughty word for bum hole. Yes, <laughs> thank you, Samir. <laughs> Continue. Now it's family friendly. Now it's family friendly. Uh, yeah. So as for the phone itself, I mean, not like there wasn't very much there that was uh, unexpected, obviously, because someone screwed up and gave the wrong embargoes or whatever i don't know if it was the wrong embargoes more people just <laughs> receiving a box opening it and then making a video about it yeah that's what without it was. first reading the or presumably was there even an embargo page oh there was there was oh. a reviewer's guide which <laughs> uh, no reviewer's guide. when you opened it up would have said this is the embargo <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah. god bless those people because they made my yeah, job easier totally. um, it was great uh, that was like the smooth, like the smoothest sailing I've ever had at a uh, like a phone review. It was yeah. like we were pre-briefed, <laughs> except without all of the other benefits of being pre-briefed. <laughs> we were pre-briefed by YouTube. Yes, by YouTube, and a certain Canadian YouTuber <clears throat> um, <laughs> who shall go unnamed. Um, anyway, like so, not a lot was you know, it was pretty much everything we knew about it. We knew about it going into it the one interesting thing it's not really facial recognition from what i was reading afterwards it seems like it just kind of takes a picture of your face and then if it kind of aligns with that great there's no like depth perception i think i think that's the same as the so android has that facial recognition it's not facial recognition like that whatever you're describing image facial recognition they've had unlocked it's it's been around for like i don't know like the last couple android iterations yeah. like a long time i don't even remember when it wasn't there so yeah i'm assuming it's just that and they're like white labeling it or whatever totally yeah so there is no like depth perception in the camera so it could be tricked it could be tricked so you know it's not like the fingerprint sensor which is now on the back of the phone is in mm, like a very kind of less less than ideal position right like they yeah. they kind of made a big deal about it going to the back but i'm like Man, there's tons of phones yeah. where it's on the back and it's like totally is normal. It, is it's it fine. towards the top or the bottom of the it's back? It's underneath the camera. It's like in a comfortable spot. It's sort of like yeah. where it is on the uh, Pixel 2 XL. So it's yeah. in a, it's oh, in a, a reachable spot. spot. Yeah. Not, yeah. not in the Note 8 or the S8 spot. No. That, no. That's yeah. brutal. Like, don't even put a fingerprint scanner yeah. on the phone because yeah. I'm never going to use it. Yeah. Um, the one other thing they didn't talk about specifically, though, um, because there is no like very minimal uh, bottom bezel now, the OnePlus 5 and preceding uh, OnePlus models had uh, capacitive touch buttons that you could use instead of Android right. software buttons. Obviously, now you can't because there are no <laughs> capacitive buttons. Yeah. Um, interestingly, the camera just, they basically ditched the gimmick of the uh, 5, which was that it had a slightly longer lens for uh, portraits. Now it's the same focal length. It is the same aperture. And they're like, well, it should work now better in in low light situations. So it is like exclusively a low light situation, and also just for portrait mode. So there is a portrait mode. Was that around before? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Previous? So it's okay. there's still a portrait mode. It's just not as close up now. And they were kind of spinning that as like a positive. And you know, in the moment, I'm like, yeah, cool. There's no cropping. And then I thought about it. I'm like, mm, it's not really like this is like a lateral move at best as opposed to 
an improvement. Oh, that's true. Um, it's I still think it's like, and that's about it. Like, it's more or less the same phone. Um, it's still a lot of phone for not a huge sum of money. Like, this is basically you're paying the exact same price. I guess are uh, less than the Pixel Two. Uh, yes, it is less, less than the yeah. Pixel Two. Yeah, way and less it's, than the XL Two. It's almost yeah. it's about the same as getting like a Note Eight or an iPhone X on contract. So that we're, totally. so we're talking about like that would be the down payment. Yeah, and this is the full payment. Of the and phone. you own the phone, yeah. right? So technically, it did go up by twenty dollars. I think when because uh, uh, it was or it was ten dollars. Uh, so it was six forty nine, okay, I believe. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, that's five, Canadian pricing. That was five, and now this one's six fifty nine. Nice. Which, you know, there's that joke to be made that, like, with each iteration, it keeps, you know, getting more expensive, uh, more flagship-worthy prices. But otherwise, like, that that's the 5T. Any questions, Pat? <laughs> that much money for a phone, especially in Canada, is pretty reasonable for, like, a flagship yeah. spec'd out phone. Like, yeah. We, we obviously haven't tried it, so we don't know how amazing or not amazing it is. But, I mean, you use the, the 5 yeah, so great phone aside from the camera. I think that's basically what this is going to be. Great phone aside from the camera, right? Like, and it's still... What, what's, like... So with with the camera, is it is it really... So it, is it so bad that it's unusable? Or is it just no, compared no, no, no. to some of the other... It's just not as good as... Okay. Like, it would, like, it's not like pixel level okay, amazing, right? So, um, but then, you know, you quickly ask yourself, you know, for some consumers, I think the question will be is a pixel level camera worth X amount more dollars, right? Yeah. Like right. several hundred fair. dollars more, right? So it is still very capable, especially if it's in, you know, in your, like you can take beautiful shots in really good lighting conditions. In less than ideal conditions, you'll obviously see a fall off, but that's true of any camera. Um, the one thing that they really didn't address was the jelly scrolling, whether they fixed that. They also didn't really talk about the back door that motherboard discovered, um i wish i knew more about that i haven't unfortunately i haven't had a chance to read too much into it i love the phrase jelly scrolling yeah jelly scrolling. i think with the back door they basically said that um it wouldn't really be accessible by by apps but they were deciding to fix it via over the air update anyway okay nice did they they also seem to throw qualcomm under the bus yeah then qualcomm Qualcomm was was like like, uh -uh. uh -uh. (laughs) (laughs) we didn't have anything to do with this yeah So do you yeah. think, but are the, is the bezel-less display like a big major improvement? It doesn't seem to be to you, but do you think other people? Wait, are... I haven't seen what it looks you know like. What? Let, me, let me pop open a photo. You know what? After using the like Pixel 2 for um, for these last couple of weeks, I just don't care. <laughs> like that's the thing I've come to realize. Like uh, as long as the, is the bezel-less display nice? Totally. Right. Um I think for me, what I appreciate most is like, are the colors nice? You know, does it not suffer from any issues? Uh, as long as it's like perfectly serviceable, you kind of just like you're a human being. You adapt to anything, right? Um, are the, are the, the sides of it curved, like the the edges, like Pixel 2 style or iPhone 10 style? I haven't had a chance to touch it, so I don't know. Oh, okay. Maybe it uh, looks oh, at I'm least, just looking at the photos now and I yeah, can't tell. It looks, it looks at like least it. like 2.5D kind of I think of at least okay. 2. Yeah. But so I think it kind of, um, you know, and uh, it'd be great if you guys could touch on the wonderful piece you published last night, uh, which is whether you still recommend the Pixel 2 XL. But I'm somewhat of the same mind when it comes to the 5 and other phones of its ilk um, that you guys are of the Pixel, which is 
as long as like the actual experience of using the phone is fantastic, um, then I really don't like, yes, the display is such a big integral part of how you use a phone. Um, but I think about like something like the essential phone, which is, you know, um, really stunning looking phone has this fantastic display and yet somewhat the experience starts to fall apart when you actually start to use it. The camera's not great. It is, uh, at least when I was using it, it was quite buggy. Have they uh, updated it? I know they were going to. Uh, they have, and we're supposed to get our unit back so we can like... Put Test it out and do an update. That'd be yeah, nice. so um, when I reviewed it, I was using pre-production software. Um, and obviously there's tons of caveats when you review something with pre-production software, right? But um, <clears throat> yeah, so the experience fell apart. And then... Here's the Pixel 2. It is like kind of the most uninteresting, interesting phone, right? It, it just doesn't look interesting. And yet, like, just like the day-to-day, this is the Pixel 2 I'm talking, not yes. the Pixel 2 Excel. I haven't had uh, that experience yet. Um, but it's such a fantastic moment-to-moment experience, right? It's so fast, seemingly not so buggy. I haven't experienced any bugs in my time. Uh, like, I haven't had any of the issues that people have had. The camera just works really great. Like and it's the same camera as the two XL as well. Totally, and yeah. you know, so <clears throat> I'm writing a piece about like whether I would use it kind of as a travel camera, and while I would never like ditch my uh, like my mirrorless camera for this uh, phone, what I love about the Pixel Two is that it's kind of encouraged me more to like it's opened me up to the world of Instagram stories, just because the camera is so fantastic, right? So I'm kind of constantly when I'm like going from my day to day, like looking for if you're a big fan of uh, Instagram stories, you know, like you have the rewind and the boomerang. And if you're kind of like really clever about that, you can create some really funny things and like really interesting stuff. And for that, like what I appreciate about the Pixel 2, I think the most is kind of it's opened that world up to me. There was this Instagram story I did where the TTC, uh, TTC subway was coming in to the station and I did a boomerang of it and it turned out so cool how it was like it would come into the frame and then kind of go back out um and like it was the blurring was so cool too like you know it was going faster than the shutter so it was it created this interesting effect and just for that like the pixel has like it's been my favorite phone of the last little while just because it's opened that world to me. I mean, that high dynamic range is just amazing. It's just so great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we did write that story about, should you still buy the pixel two XL? And, um, for me, my points were the things that I love about the pixel two and the pixel two XL, like they still remain despite uh, a lot of the issues, the the smartphone experience and the software experience in general, in particular, Mm -hmm. But then I have known and talked to some people who speak about how important the display is to them. And I mean, Samir actually has mentioned this to me. And so has another writer, Dean, that they watch a lot of content on their phones. Mm. That's something like I I don't don't, do. So I don't don't do that. So um, uh, so perhaps it is becoming more important. And maybe I'm just a little behind on that trend. But for me, that the display was not necessarily as important. And so that would also apply to the, the OnePlus 5T. But maybe, Samir, you can expe- uh, speak to that in terms of like display 
and how important it is for you. Sure, sure. So something that I've been saying around the office a lot lately is that um, it doesn't really bother me, the, the Pixel 2 display issues, stuff like the, the image retention, etc. That, that wouldn't be so much of a problem if I only ever used the phone or if I only ever used my phone uh, in portrait mode. Because, of course, in portrait mode, um, sure, some games, the navigation uh, buttons disappear, but uh, emails, text messages, making phone calls, all those things, you know, there's a persistent nav bar for a reason. But it's, it's when you shift the phone, when I shift the phone to landscape mode, that I start to really worry. Um, because I, I watch Netflix on my phone, I watch YouTube on my phone, I watch Crave TV um, on my phone. I, I, I do watch quite a bit of content. So what I've been saying is that sort of like at night, when I'm about to go to bed, I'll watch you know maybe one or two YouTube videos, or maybe I'll watch a really quick uh, TV show, a TV episode on, on, on Netflix. So for me, the issue becomes if there is this image persistence because of the nav bar, then that'll be annoying to me. Um, is it something that I can overcome? Probably. Maybe I'd be able to. But I don't necessarily want to have to overcome that. If it's a choice between a display that won't have that issue, and if it's a choice between a display that does have that issue, an issue that might get worse, that kind of thing, then I, I'd be more hesitant towards the display where that issue exists. That's the big question is if it's going to get worse, right? Because <laughs> as it stands right now, you only see it if you're opening up uh, like an image that's gray pixels. That's the only time that you see it. Um, and that's something that we can't really predict. I mean, Google says that it's not going to get worse, but you kind of have to either take their word for it or don't. Right. And I mean, it's not something like a, it's not something they're just standing still on. They definitely have instituted and I'm sure are planning to institute software uh, sort of workarounds that do shift those pixels mm-hmm. around. Um, the, so we'll see if those those are effective. That's what Samsung does. That's like, what other companies do. The taskbar that disappears to kind of mitigate the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, even just sort of like very minutely moving around. I the buy their claims too that it's, uh, what, what did they call it? We had a big discussion about this issue. Right. Image retention and not um, actual burn-in. And uh, screen burn-in. It's actually a really interesting Super complicated. Topic. So yeah. image retention is generally used to refer to LCD displays. And so it's perhaps a little bit questionable that Google is using the term image retention. And if you notice in there, there, you know, the, the descriptions of the bug and the different things they've written about it, um, they've generally switched from using image retention to using the term differential aging. Yeah. And so it's like, <laughs> I'm not really sure if you think it's like image retention either in the typical sense, yes. right? Yeah, and yeah. you know what? I, I don't even know if it can be because I really think it is an LCD specific yes. thing, um, which is just different from OLED technology. Uh, but uh, yeah, so in terms of that, we're not exactly clear. They haven't They haven't really laid that out. The one thing that I was going to say is um, I, I know a lot of people, like well, even our, our commenters, you often see that like they, they don't care about um, the bezels on a phone. Um, I'm, the, I'm the exact opposite now after using the iPhone 10 and using the Pixel 2 XL and playing around even with you know, the V30 when we had it for a bit. Um, I find it really, really difficult to go back to uh, a phone that has standard size bezels. Like when you were showing me the Pixel 2 rows, I, it just looks like last year's phone. Um, to me and I, I guess to an extent it kind of uh, muddles the experience um, I mean it's not like a deal breaker by any means but it's, it's definitely like a shift for me when I go back to like an older phone or a phone that has bigger bezels at this point yeah I mean that, that's fair so I think that's one thing that that was really big for OnePlus was just to get that that new brand new flagship look that, which I guess will help in sales 
Yeah, we'll see. I think, you know, what's it's interesting to me. I think they, in some sense, should have maybe held off on updating the phone just so that because to make like a bigger jump between the 5T and what will eventually be the 6, right? Um, very quickly, I think these manufacturers are kind of, and yet, you know, I say, I'm about to say that they're running out of things to iterate on and kind of be uh, not innovative with, because I don't think innovative is the right term here, but they're very much running out of features, I feel. So, but I'm sure they'll prove me wrong. They'll figure something out to add. You know, there's always capitalism needs to keep going. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so, uh, Samir, you've been very patiently uh, waiting uh, and you earlier this week did a interview with the new CRTC chair. How was it? It was good. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, so in a word, it was good. Uh, in another word, I think it's safe to say that it was an educational experience for me. Um, that, in what that's sense? So, so professionally, obviously, because I didn't, I've never really had a chance to interview a high-ranking official like that. But also, I think it's it was it was eye-opening or rather educational in regards to the kind of commissioner or rather CRTC chairman that Ian Scott hopes to be, might be, will be. Of course, we'll see that in the years to come. So. He opened, before the interview, he had a speech at the International Institute of Communications uh, Law and Policy Conference, which is an annual thing that takes place. You have, you have law professors and lawyers and communications experts, and they're all there to discuss, debate, talk about the, the issues of the day in, in telecom, uh, privacy, copyright, all that, all that fun stuff that you guys know that I'm a huge fan of. So he opened his speech pretty much by saying, listen, you guys here at this conference and, and across the country are expecting this big vision statement from me. This is not going to be one of those. And we're not going to have a grand vision statement. I'm not going to talk about all of the things I hope to accomplish. And truth be told, he didn't really say what he wants to accomplish. He said, you know, this is the stuff that we have on the docket. He brought up uh, Heritage Minister Melanie Jolie's um, uh, Rose, help me out here. Uh, what's it called? The her uh, uh, the Creative Canada plan. The right. Creative Canada plan. So he brought up that. He brought up Minister Baines. Uh, I said uh, Minister uh, Baines's recommend or request that the CRTC look over their Wi-Fi first. Sugar Mobile, Sugar Mobile MVNO thing. So he, he brought up that saying, you know, here's we're going to have that done by March. And as for uh, Minister Jolie's um, communications report, he said that would most likely be done, will be done by June 2018. So a lot of stuff that is on the table and a lot of stuff that he didn't really address. Um, but it's interesting in that the kind of commissioner, or sorry, I keep on saying commissioner, the kind of chairperson, chairman that he seems to want to be is... And he said this, neither pro-business nor pro-consumer, he pro-public interest. That's, that's what he said. He wants to be a pro-public interest CRTC chairman. What does that mean? Um, that could mean any number of 146 million different things that, you know, just because he outright. Why 146 million? I, I, I wanted to reach for an absurd number, okay. um, something that's clearly hyperbole. Um, it, it could be any number of things. 
uh, saying that you're not pro-business doesn't necessarily mean that you're... Oh. <laughs> and, and even... That is special guest, Hewitt. And, and even Hewitt is barking uh, in, in criticism of this statement. So, um, so, you know, saying that you're not pro-business doesn't necessarily mean that your commission isn't going to sometimes rule in favor of a pro-business stance. Right. Saying that you're not pro-public, uh, sorry, that you're not pro-consumer also doesn't mean that your uh, commission isn't going to rule uh, in favor of pro-consumer things. Hmm. Um, but that sort of cooperation between business and consumer interests uh, for me is interesting because of course uh, as as the three of you know um I, Jean-Pierre Blaise sort of seemed to be more pro Canadian consumer than he was necessarily uh, pro business blatantly blatantly yeah, Ro- yeah blatantly. blatantly yeah okay so for sure yeah I mean, so I, I would, go ahead guys yeah, yeah no so uh, i think this is a good jumping off point for discussion what did you make of all of his comments rose i mean i thought um his comments really made it clear that he wasn't interested in pushing any boundaries in doing anything Mm. new i think what we're going to see during his term is probably a whole lot of nothing and probably a lot of decisions that follow the path of least resistance so sort of like what you were saying sam sam is that it it won't necessarily be that you know he is super pro-business or as people have worried, it's it's likely going to be that he's not going to make any of those really daring moves that somebody like Jean-Pierre Blaise did. And of course, Jean-Pierre Blaise was, I think, kind of an anomaly in the role. Totally, yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he was all about those grand vision statements and all about that kind of dramatic kind of delivery, like... When he left, you know, he said his his role model was Merlin. Like that, yeah. th- that's yeah. not the Arthurian <laughs> wizard. Yeah. Just so we're clear, I forgot about that's that. That's not yeah. the type of person that I think Ian Scott is, and and I'm pretty sure he he's made that fairly clear through his speech and then through the conversation which I sort of listened in on that you were having. Um, he was not interested in making those statements. He just wanted to stick to the script and sort of get it over with. And sorry, uh, Igor, before you jump in. Yeah, totally. Uh, another important thing to consider uh, and to remember about Ian Scott is that he has had quite a bit of experience uh, as an industry player uh, on with TELUS and uh, on the industry side of things. But when we, when I brought that up during the interview, asking him how he responds to criticism that he might, you know, rule or decide in favor of the carriers in, in mm-hmm. favor of industry, he said, now listen, you know, actually I'm also a, a, a pro-public player in the past. You know, he has experience with consumer, uh, con- uh, yes, um, Consumer Canada and also the CRTC. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of like he, I, I, I asked that question and it was a very blatant question asking him to respond to the criticism and he said, Maybe, but also maybe not, because I'm all I'm I'm here and I'm also here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I think there was a comment, you know, where uh, one commenter uh, equated uh, pro public. Uh, well, he said pro public. Um, he wasn't pro consumer, but neither was he pro business. Yeah, nor pro business. But he was pro public interest. Pro public interest, interest. Yeah. right? And they equated pro public interest with maintaining the status quo, mm. and that's just the sense I got from him was yeah he just wants to maintain the status quo to which i would ask him like how does that help anyone right besides the already established those in power right like um there's a reason that the um the entities in power want to maintain the status quo because it is already built to benefit them right so um 
in many ways, it was very disappointing to edit that interview and just read his his statements because <clears throat> there was no even willingness to present some kind of a vision, right? Like that was, I think that was probably the most disappointing thing. There was no vision, right? Like, which is something, yeah, I want as the CRTC chairman, I want, even if it's like something, a vision I disagree with, I want you to at least iterate a vision. Well, it's really interesting too, because the um, ISED, they had a role in putting Ian Scott in this position Hmm. and they've been a little bit daring themselves and a little bit pro-consumer themselves recently. I mean, Hmm. the the whole refer back the CRTC to look at this Wi-Fi first MVNO decision, that was a move that was um, somewhat unconventional. And so, you know, now to put Ian Scott in charge uh, or, or play a role in that. And it seems from his, his comments so far that he, he's, he's certainly not necessarily professing any interest in that, in that looking back on that decision. So um, it's, it's, it, I wonder if they thought that perhaps he would uh, have more, have a more daring vision but uh, I guess that's the same as with Jean-Pierre Blaise, where he was put in his position under the Harper government. So, yeah. And, and he became, you know, quite, well, just sort of seemingly uh, very pro-consumer, somewhat anti-capitalist. Yeah. So, Samir, I mean, in interviewing uh, Ian Scott, did you get the, the sense that he even wanted me to be there? Like, that's something that's kind of, Rose and I have been going back and forth on is like, one, either there was no one who wanted the job, and two, they probably had to like just beg him, like because it's like you're the only one with experience that's not named Jean Pierre Blay, <laughs> you know. So, I I really wish I could speak to that. Uh, yeah, it was it was a first of all, it was a brief interview. It was, it was 15 minutes, so that might not seem brief, but it it did it did it totally feel is. like it kind yeah. of flew by in terms of just the way that he was sort of equivocating on his answers. Um, I'm really not sure that I'm I'm the best person to speak to that honestly because maybe maybe uh, this is true maybe he didn't necessarily want the job maybe you know they had to beg him to take the job or maybe this is just simply the kind of person Ian Scott is maybe he is a person who weighs all of his decisions rather judiciously and he makes sure to you know literally take both sides of the equation into mm. perspective right. before saying something because. Um, Truth be told, that that was the uh, that was the feeling that I got from him. He, he seems like a, an individual who very much wants to weigh every single perspective before saying anything. And and there were even times there was a, you know we'd ask a question, he'd say, "Oh, I'm sorry, that's that's currently on the table." For example, the uh, the Wi-Fi first MBNO yeah. thing, so the Sugar Mobile thing. And you know we asked him about that. I asked him about that, and he said, uh, "That's on the table. I can't really talk about it." But then there was another thing where uh, with accessibility. Um, where we currently know that there are a number of pro-accessibility groups. We know, for example, the DWDC, which is the Deaf Wireless Canada Consortium. Um, It's currently in talks with the CRTC and a number of industry players, the carriers, to try to figure out ways to make it a little bit easier for individuals who are deaf or hard of hearing or deafblind even to access um, the same data plans or better data plans or, or data plans that are better for individuals who need have those accessibility needs. Um, he was like, yeah, I'm not sure if that's on the table right now, but because I'm not sure if it's on the table right now, I'm not really going to give an opinion on it, which is fair. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, it's like, I mean, that's a fantastic, it's a great way of, of, of making sure that you don't overstep any boundaries and also making sure that you don't necessarily embarrass yourself. But I mean, it's like you said, it's give an opinion. 
Just if you have an opinion on the subject, just just go ahead. Go ahead and it, f- speak freely, or speak freely enough so or, that your comms department won't get upset with you for speaking freely. Or at freely. the very least, say like we're going to look at all sides of the issue and try to create something that is equitable to everyone. Like <laughs> a lot of it to me, because mm-hmm. I, I sat in on it too. It, it just seemed like he hadn't figured stuff out yet. Like he hadn't decided how he was going to approach anything. Yeah, and. Like maybe he shouldn't have been giving these interviews so soon. Maybe he should have taken some time to like figure out how he's going to handle certain situations. That that was just sort of the general yeah. gist and impression that I got from it. And in terms of hiring, I would definitely refer listeners back to our interview with uh, Christine Dobby of mm-hmm. uh, the Globe and Mail because this we had a conversation with her before Ian Scott was named mm-hmm. uh, chairperson, and she gave some very interesting insight into what type of person generally takes that role. That was a great, so, that was on yeah. the podcast, right? Yeah, yeah that, that was, was a great episode. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it is, I think it's, uh, you know, speaking more broadly, it's an issue across the federal government where they're finding it really difficult to um, fill these roles. Like I, I, I saw in like the oversight and ethics committees, like they can't find someone who is actually going to like keep the government accountable, right? Like, because also who wants to do that job because it's like such a thankless job, right? Yeah, and there were a lot of roles open in the CRTC for a long time that they were having trouble filling not just the top role, but many others. And you even see it like specifically at the CRTC, what a thankless job it is because, you know, Blay, even as probably the most like consumer friendly chairperson was not like universally loved by our yeah. readers, right? Like, right. um was certainly not loved by the telecom <laughs> Definitely e- not. elite, yeah. one might say. Um, so yeah, you end, and it's kind of a job you go to retire after, right? Like it's not, you don't go CRTC chairperson to, and then to bigger things, right? Like yeah. it's kind of your last hurrah and then you're out of the public service. Right. Drink know. your pina coladas. Yeah. And Cabo. Yeah. How, yeah, exactly. There's the, many things wouldn't you wouldn't accept you moving in in terms of different industries and yeah. and, and stuff after that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so on that note, let's get shout outs. Oh, shout outs, shout outs. Um, well, my shout out is actually uh, to Bell because they've finally seen the light and uh, yes. in terms of roaming mm-hmm. and now offer a similar roaming package to what Rogers offers. It's not as good because it costs more, but, or actually no, it, it costs about the same. Um, it costs about the same, but now you can use your home data. Previously, you had to use uh, just a hundred megabytes of data per day when you were away in the US or other international locations. So now you can find it, which is great for me because I uh, my line is on is on Virgin, and while Virgin hasn't got that change yet, it will certainly in the future. So I'm pretty excited about that to stop paying out the nose for my for my data. Yes. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, yeah I have a weird one, so you should sure, go first. Sure. So uh, my show to just to Amazon for finally launching the Echo, and uh, I don't really care about Amazon Music. Is, is that what it's called, Amazon Music? Amazon, Amazon Prime, Prime. Music. Amazon yeah. Prime Music. Okay, um, for for finally launching the Echo and Alexa in Canada, so I no longer have to write rumor posts about it. Um, it's it's nice to see them finally uh, bring the devices here, uh, and I'm excited to actually get my hands on them and, and try them. Uh, should I go before you? Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So yep. uh, my hairdresser, 
works at, <laughs> she works at this is uh, be Frank and Oak. <laughs> what? And uh, she has this um, wonderful um, tradition, which is she has this shelf where you bring a book and then you take a book. Nice. Uh, so it's like a lending scheme. Uh, so I brought her one and then she gave me what has quickly turned out to be one of my favorite graphic novels ever. It's called um, The Underwater Welder. It's by a Canadian author, oh. uh, Jeff Lemire. Uh, I believe he works with DC and Vertigo. Um, but this was, it's this wonderful story about a man who has to kind of come to terms with his past and specifically his relationship with his dad. Uh, but also while um, he's about to become uh, a first-time dad as well. So uh, it's set during, on the night of Halloween, and it's in a small town in Nova Scotia. Um, and it is just a really warm, beautifully told, both with the words it uses and also visually. Um, and that's something I love about graphic novels is the kind of blend between the visual and the uh, and and words. Um, it's something that like it is very much an art form and it's something that I don't think enough people appreciate. Uh, graphic novels are more than just comics. Uh, and they can be really elegantly written. Uh, so if you get a chance, check it out. Uh, I'm pretty sure your local library will have it. Uh, it's really good. All right, Samir, let's hear it. All right, so here's the weird one. So I would like to shout out to the folks in charge of maintaining the Trudeau meter. You can find this at trudeaumeter.politimeter.org. Uh, it is a website that tracks all of the promises that Prime Minister Trudeau <laughs> and the Liberal Party made while they were running for office. This um, looks awesome. And the reason that I'm shouting out the Trudeau meter folks is because the government of Canada, our our Liberal government currently in power, sort of updated slash launched this website called the Mandate Letter Tracker that does pretty much the exact same thing that the Trudeau meter does, except it tracks the status of all of the mandate letters that the prime minister has sent to his ministers. Um, you know, all of the promises that he's made uh, since coming into office. And I, I haven't gone through all of them, but probably a few that he's made uh, that, that they made um, while they were running for office. So, folks, uh, the, the Canadian government is currently uh, tracking their promises, but also Trudeau meter folks. Thank you so much for 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 picking things up in the interim. And that is my very weird shout out. It's actually a really helpful site. I mean, oh wait, with the mandate letter tracker or, or Trudeau meter? Trudeau meter. Yeah, it's super awesome, it's right? Cool. Um, and actually, you know, it paints a more positive picture than I thought. But I guess it depends. That's just looking at the kind of the big picture, where it's just the percentage of things that are in progress, achieved, or broken. Yeah. Um, I think once you kind of get down into the nitty gritty, like some of the more major promises were broken um i'm sure if we looked at it uh anyway this is like not great radio so on that <laughs> note if you have a question or comment please make sure to send it to podcast at mobilesyrup.com um we'll read it out we have some game codes many game codes to so give out many of, way codes. too many i know we keep uh advertising it but we promise we will give it out at some point soon as long as you send questions and comments um you can also if you don't want to write you can record your question or comment and then our wonderful producer robin will add it into the podcast so that the entire world can hear your beautiful voice guys where can we find you online um you can find me at rose bahar on twitter and um in in general you can find mobile syrup at mobile syrup on twitter and instagram and youtube and facebook and Google Plus. 
my fellow Canadians, you can find me at Samir Chavra 94 on Twitter. Oh, me. I forgot. <laughs> I, was, I was looking at Twitter. Um, you can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore O'Rourke. He's there very frequently. Yeah, I'm, I'm there right now. I, I left the podcast. I was just on Twitter. Uh, does Hewitt have an Instagram account? What is it? So you can find Hewitt. I will spell this out. Hewitt, once again, the person who's critical of the CRTC. Yes. And by person, we mean doggo. Is she critical of the CRTC? Hewitt is H-E-W-I-T-T dot the T-H-E dot W-E-I-M or sorry, W-E-I-M. Yes, I spelled that right. You got to give her all the loves. It is the most beautiful dog I've seen in life. So give Hewitt a follow. On that note, we'll see you next week. Have a great time, and we'll see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.